0: like treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. Hi, Meredith. Hello, Allison. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Guys, it's Dune Month, and I know it doesn't come out until March 1st, but I'm starting the celebrations early. I got to see a 10-minute preview of Dune 2, and I don't like to hype things up too much because I feel like Disappointment is inevitable if you buy into the hype machine too much. This is going to be the greatest movie of all time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have loved watching you get more and more excited for this and then go to see the new, go to see the first one. The re-release. Yeah. And you've just been keeping me updated at in, like, every single second of this
0: situation. But nothing is articulate. It's sh- I can't even explain to you what I saw in the 10-minute preview. That's the thing. Everybody was like, don't spoil it. And I'm like, I don't know. It would just be me screaming for 10 minutes. I can't, I can't even tell you like what I saw. I was just... Because you have to understand, we've now been waiting for part two for years now because everything got delayed because of... Uh, the strike strike. and you know subsequently trying to restart uh, the whole Hollywood machine, you know, like obviously they have like four of the greatest young actors in this film. There was no way they were going to release it without them being able to do promo, you know, so everything got so delayed. So we've been waiting for part two now and the hype has just been building and building and building and This weird little aside thing has happened in the meantime where, you know how everybody always says you can't make friends when you're an adult? Well, Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve have proven everyone wrong, and they have like the greatest (laughs) living adult director bromance going on right now where they are just hyping each other up endlessly. And it's like the purest, I hate the word nice, but it's like the nicest friendship where because nothing is ready to go to uh, be shown in IMAX because of the strike and everything getting delayed, Hollywood, brilliant idea. Let's re-release Tenet uh, in IMAX and attach the Dune 2 preview to it to get everybody even more hyped for Dune Part 2. And, oh, hey, while we're at it, why don't we just have Denis Villeneuve show up and have Christopher Nolan introduce him and they'll do like Q and A's and they'll talk about tenant and Dune and just hype each other up. And it's been like, guys, we've never been more back in our lives. Like we're so back. (laughs) I'm going to stroke out from it. You know, like I can't handle how excited everybody is. And like Denis recorded a little intro for the, the preview. And he like, he's talking about how he's been dreaming of making this movie since he was eight years old So, automatically, I'm crying, right? Because, like, there's nothing more rewarding than watching someone who's thought really deeply about a source material for decades bring it to life in a spectacular, like, supremely capable way. Like, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing that. And he's like a really nice guy, and everybody who works for him loves him, blah, 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 blah. So, like, a good person as well. (laughs) And it's just like, And then at the end, he was like long live cinema and the place fucking erupted because like these are hardcore film nerds who love going to the movies and who fucking hate what Netflix is trying to do to movies, which is pull them out of theaters, you know, Um, and it was just really like I can't remember the last time we had such a good, satisfying blockbuster event. Because um, you know the MCU sucks now. So like, and they never made really good films. You know, they made like, uh, like capable films. Like I think Endgame was well done for what it was. You know, and yeah, and a good fan event. Like everybody was really hyped. I can't remember. Oh, it was Lord of the Rings the last time we had like an actually well crafted trilogy because this will be a trilogy why are we even pretending like it's not going to be a trilogy event you know um
1: yeah yeah and I've been excited first of all just watching you go through this it's been beautiful as a friend because your brain just isn't functioning no you will start talking about dune and your eyes basically go black
0: yeah yeah
1: and you are just on another planet for sure for like thirty minutes. And just no concept of what's happening because all you're thinking is worms, worms, <laughs> worms, worms, There's worms. There are so
0: many in this one, you guys. Um yeah, I'm I'm like yeah. beyond gone. I'm so dune pilled, it's not even it's not even a joke.
1: I saw a clip from I think it was Kimmel, where they had the four leads on together and he tries to get them to eat popcorn out of the worm which what did i tell thing? you what did i tell you i was like
0: i bet it's really hard to get your hand out of that thing and i was right because they were trying to do it on air and i'm like that's going to hurt their hand when they try to like pull it out i know it's a collector's item and it's not really about you know, being accessible for the popcorn, but I would be pissed if I spent like 30 bucks on that thing, but you know, nerds, they'll just buy it. Cause it's a collector's item.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you have to buy the dune vagina popcorn bin. Me? Like, well, yeah, obviously you well, do. Well, no, here's but. the thing. Here's here's the
0: weird, I'm a very difficult person and here's why. You would think I would be into collecting stuff like that, but I'm not at all. I, I like, I don't like, I like kitsch stuff, but I don't like modern kitsch. Do you know what I mean?
1: Stuff that feels like it's been designed. Yes. I
0: don't like to be handled. To be I don't like going to Disney yeah. World. I don't like being handled. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. like so i don't like shit like that like the funko pop shit like i'm like get out of here with this crap you know don't lower well, I'm the tone trying to
1: say that you don't need to buy like the funko pop but too. that's
0: the same family to me where it's like oh we made this like i don't begrudge anybody else having fun with it and i like the culture of the hype you know but if somebody was to like buy it for me i would be like thank you so much oh
1: wow Oh wow! You are gonna hate my birthday (laughs) present
0: for you. No, you're really good about that shit, though. I feel like you get that I'm a nerd, but it's like, but make it cunt.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Well, I mean that is why I gave you the
0: gay Boba. That's perfect. That's like a perfect example of what kind of nerd I am. Where it's like, you know, I'll love it because it's the Boba Duke, but it's not like you didn't get me the Funko Pop Boba Duke. You got me like the hand crocheted, (laughs) like. (laughs) whatever the term is for that. Um, Yeah, that like spot on. But um, you guys don't need to know what kind of mentally ill I am. I am here to tell you that if you were able to get IMAX tickets for Dune Part 2 to do it immediately, I had to fight for my fucking life to get them in New York City because it like sold out almost immediately. Um, I guess like the front row is still open, but I like I had to go like I thankfully I got into the fan preview on February uh, 25th so I'm going to see it super early Um, but then when I just went to regular IMAX ticket sales it's crazy here like because here's the thing and here's what they don't tell you New York City only has one real IMAX screen
1: God. again, with the real IMAX thing. It's the old okay. oh, This is yes, very continue.
0: important because this is the whole thing with IMAX. They're like, it is the size of the screen that sets us apart from regular movie theaters. Even the ones with really, really big screens, they're not IMAX size. But here's the thing. Only one screen at Lincoln Square is the actual parameters, according to IMAX itself, that meets the standards of an IMAX screen. Are there other theaters in New York City? also run by AMC, who claim their IMAX. Yes. Are they the correct proportions? No. So that's why it was like a fight for my fucking life to get tickets for the, the true IMAX screen to see Dune uh, because everybody who's a nerd, a film nerd, knows that. So everybody immediately sold out those shows. So I, like, I wasn't responding to texts for hours the day the tickets went on sale because the fucking AMC app kept crashing which by the way AMC what the fuck you have one job you have one job don't crash when you're selling dune tickets and they couldn't do it um whatever i'm a stubbs member i'm a proud stubbs member um but
1: yeah you are, you live at AMC I theaters do. as you said if there was one in brooklyn your life
0: my would life would be over. over please don't ever open a Brooklyn AMC. You'll never see me again. Um, There was a guy <laughs> on TikTok, a comedian who has a bit about AMC Stubbs members where he's like, AMC has brilliantly crafted the most effective marketing strategy in that they don't have to have commercials for AMC Stubbs. Stubbs members will just tell you about the program. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I like don't even know people that well. And I'm like, are you a Stubbs member? It pays for itself. Yeah. Like, it is very good, guys. I don't know how it's still a program and still operating. But anyway, uh, that's my Dune spiel. The preview looked incredible. I just, we're so back. Meredith, are, do you understand how back we
1: are? I mean, I'm very excited, too. I don't have tickets until the Sunday of the week it That's releases. okay. You
0: have them. That's what matters.
1: You're going to see it with your yes. Okay. When you texted me that you got tickets to the fan event the weekend before the official release, I texted my, the stubs member in my life <laughs> about getting tickets to the IMAX here, uh-huh. and he bought them. What an angel! And so we found one. So he was prepared. He was ready. He was. We love it. it. We God. love it.
0: Yeah. May you all find your stub soulmate. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, yeah. So should we uh, talk about the Oscar nominations?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: So first of all, I wanted to read Brian's comment, uh, which by the way, I never plug the light trees and news Instagram, but that's also, uh, a good way to, you can either comment on our posts or message us and I'll read those on the air as well. Uh, so, Brian writes, I'm not against Bradley Cooper getting acting awards for 2023. It's hilarious to me that it's what appears to be uh, for the worst roles of his, uh, not just uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, but for fuck's sake, his cameo. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So, he's saying, Brian, I'm going to condense this. If you're going to nominate Bradley Cooper for an acting award, he was way better in Guardians of the Galaxy and even his cameo in Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) versus um, whatever the fuck he was doing in Maestro. I agree about that wholeheartedly, especially Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he is legitimately good as Rocket uh, Raccoon. Um,
1: Yeah, the guy is funny. He is talented. He's very charming. There's a good reason why he's extremely famous. Like, I understand his trajectory, but I don't get why now he's so convinced he has to do things like put on that fake nose. Yeah. Just focus on the things you're really good at. And we've talked about this a thousand times. I think we've even talked about it on the show. let somebody else direct you when you want to do something really needy. Yeah.
0: It fully. will just go better. Well, I'll be honest. So... We're big fans of, uh, I I wouldn't say the Oscars, but like, again, the hype machine, like we watch it like it's the Super Bowl. Um, But we we talk about on this show all the time how the Oscars is like a campaign awards show. It's about who runs the most effective Hollywood campaign. It's not about who gives the best performance or who made the best film. Um, It's about who's respected in the industry, who's, you know... Schmooze the right way, who spent enough money. on So, you know, it's not reflective of quality in arts, uh, even though it pretends to be, right? Um, I would say in the actor, the lead actor category, the only actor I, in my opinion, who gives maybe one of the best performances of his career is Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Everybody else, even if they're solid, I wouldn't Put it in the pantheon of their best performances by any stretch of the imagination. So let's just run through the list. It's Bradley Cooper and Maestro. We've talked a lot about how we don't really like that performance. Although, did you see it, Meredith? Maestro? Yeah. Uh,
1: no, I watched like the first ten minutes. Was yeah, so that's annoyed right. By that's it right. That I had to turn it off. And, yeah, oh, right. So unfortunately. Just let me not watch every no, you, single thing. You don't have if to. I know one's going to.
0: See. No, no. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, you do not have to watch that.
1: Uh, <laughs> if I was like, Thank Meredith, God.
0: come on. Our art. No, but. Uh, Be a completist. Coleman Domingo. He, he's a brilliant actor. Rustin's a not a good movie. Uh, Paul Giamatti. That's not one of his best performances. He's great, but not one of his best performances. I don't think. Um, Cillian Murphy and Oppenheimer. Great performance, not one of his best. And then Jeffrey Wright, who I think legitimately, um, you could make the argument he's been better and stuff, but I thought he was great in American fiction. And it really, he got to flex a lot of muscles that we don't get to see him flex that often because Hollywood is racist. Um, But yeah, I, again, it's sort of like who's running the best campaign right now. And a lot of people love Bradley Cooper, but I don't think Maestro got enough positive buzz for that to happen for him. So in my opinion, it's between Paul Giamatti and Cillian Murphy because they're both very well liked. And, uh, the holdovers and Oppenheimers, they're running good campaigns right now.
1: Yeah. And I know you're much less positive on the holdovers than I am. Yes. I think I just, I, I won't be mad. No, if no. He kind of sneaks in and takes yeah. it because he has done so much good work.
0: It's a legacy award, which, you know, the Oscars is big on. They they haven't awarded him in the past for quality work. They might think it's it's time for him, you know? So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it went either way between Paul and Cillian. If it went to somebody else, I would be shocked.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but in the end, I'm just so happy that Jeffrey Wright got nominated, yes. that American fiction is getting attention, that people recognize that it was such a difficult achievement to kind of hit the tone match between the two differing parts of the story. Mm-hmm. I just love just knowing that he's going to be there is enough for me. You know, Right? like, and I saw you sent me this unbelievably sweet video mm-hmm. of him on some morning show talking about what he did when he got nominated. He just, breaking up he's crying he's talking about thinking about his mother oh. going to see it with his son and his son saying oh I see so much of myself in yeah. his character and I thought oh my god this is this is why this is so beautiful I think because- I said to
0: you I'm like awards don't matter until they do <laughs> like the the <laughs> fact that that Nomination meant so much to him and it is so meaningful. I was like, the Oscars do matter. Cause it is, it's like representation is important, right? Like, and you forget that until someone like Jeffrey Wright gets nominated and it's like, right, you're one of the greatest living actors and you don't get recognized as much as you should because racism is real and it's still very real in Hollywood. And it meant you could like, it meant so much to him that it was like, oh, this is a nice moment. We can, we can celebrate this moment. Yeah, we're allowed to sell We're allowed. Get off my shit. Who are we talking to right now? Uh, So actor in a supporting role, Sterling K. Brown, American fiction, very good performance, Uh, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie, Mark Ruffalo, poor things. So I thought this was interesting because of the the missing of uh, Willem Dafoe of it all, because it seemed like it was sort of up between Willem and Mark for poor things and Mark got the spot. That was kind of surprising.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit surprising, but I think you were really surprised that Sterling K Brown got a nomination.
0: No, I wasn't.
1: Mm-mm. You weren't. No. I feel like you thought that
0: I, I was surprised that so many people thought Willem should have the spot for poor things. Cause in my opinion and poor things was spoiler for our Oscar episode, poor things was like, my favorite film of the year. I thought Mark Ruffalo gives like a much more interesting nuanced performance than Willem Dafoe. And the SAG awards sort of threw everybody off because, uh, Willem got in and, uh, did Willem win or got in over Mark? I forget, but there was like a little bit of a surprise there. Um, but I was always like, I think Mark should get nominated for it. So when he got nominated, I was like, ah, okay. That, that, Tracks a little bit more with what I was predicting But no, I thought Sterling K. Brown was great in uh, American Fiction, Um, and American Fiction has really started to pick up Steam in the Oscars race So when I saw he got in, I was kind of like Oh, okay, yeah, sure Um, Yeah
1: But yeah And once again Mm -hmm. I, I just, especially since It's basically been locked up Since Oppenheimer came out Yeah Robert Downey Jr. is going to win. There Again, I'll be
0: shocked if he's not. Chance. We don't have to talk about the Barbie of it all, <laughs> just because I feel like ugh, the discourse. Um,
1: let's. We cannot. No, I'll just. just not I'll just there. say to everybody, <laughs>
0: please learn what the word snub means. Stump does not mean you get nominated in Best Picture, and you're Oscar nominated as a producer and a director. That's not a snub. Maybe you were disappointed not to see them in a certain category, but stop using the word snub when you don't know what snub means. And Margot Robbie yeah. is um, a billionaire. She's going to be fine. Um. <laughs> let's, yes. Let's
1: all just remember that when a movie makes $1.7 billion dollars and yeah. everyone will be okay. Mm-hmm. Also, especially when it's a director who's already made movies that got nominated for best picture and more who's than definitely once. definitely going to win yeah. an oscar
0: as best director and,
1: at yeah. some point and then you have like Margot Robbie's Kind of the only remaining movie star and who, and out there who has like, said
0: herself, I'm fine, we can all stop talking about this. Like, she, it's yeah. not her fault that she's part of the discourse now. She seems like a very cool person, and she's like, We can stop talking about this, please. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but this is what happens when our traditional political institutions collapse. We turn entertainment into politics. Anyway, why is Hillary Clinton weighing in on fucking anything? Um, you're a war criminal, anyway actress in a leading role Annette Benning, Niad, which I just saw with my little eyes and I'll talk about in a second Lily Gladstone Killers of the Flower Moon Sandra Hewler Anatomy of a Fall Carrie Mulligan Maestro and Emma Stone poor things I think this is the tightest category in my opinion yeah. between Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone obviously um yeah I could see it going either way really easily
1: And I know, you know, I think Lily Gladstone did have just an incredible performance and definitely deserves it. But also Emma Stone has had such a year, has just come out doing weird, off-putting work across television and film. Like, she's just doing interesting stuff but is still extremely charming and yeah the oscars do love a person who's extremely beautiful and starlety who also happens to stretch their muscles and be good uh, I know so I'm a little nervous really cuz
0: in my opinion it's it's the difference between a very interior performance versus exterior like, scene-chewing performance, which the Academy really loves. They love when people just put a lot of acting out there, and that is Emma Stone's performance in Poor Things, which, again, my favorite film of the year. I love her performance, but it is, like, she's doing the most, right? And Lily's the exact opposite, where it's, like, very interior. There were, like, some very, very um, mean comments on her performance because margot robbie got you know iced out of this category um where people were like all she did was like lay in bed and like truly like offensive (laughs) summarizing (laughs) of that performance um but i'm always wishing that the academy would reward those kinds of performances more the very like quiet interior like sort of surgical acting like very minute stuff um and Lily is, like, a beast at that, if you've seen any of her performances in other films as well. Um, she's very interior and just, like, there's just, like, a storm inside her, you know? But she never, like, screams and, like, breaks silverware or anything like that. So, like, uh, it's, it's ripe to be overlooked, you know? And I'm a little afraid that the showiness of Emma is going to overshadow her in the last hour.
1: Yeah, well, and the moment of the world kind of really being obsessed with Yorgos yes. uh, has come. And it was kind, it was arriving with a favorite and then now we see four things and it's very much like, would you like an accessible version of some of Yorgos's weirdest movies? <laughs> right. <laughs> Please have this, which like in itself is something that I do think we should celebrate yeah. because mm-hmm. that's, if you can, If your ghost can make an accessible version of his work, then God bless him. Although I have to say, (laughs) even because
0: I saw uh, Poor Things pretty early and you're right. You're totally right that it's like his most accessible film. I still had people texting me where they were like, I want to see with my parents how much sex is in it. And I like, so (laughs) it's still accessible, but it's like, it's accessible for some people, he's still like pushing the audience, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, accessible, it's, I'm doing a lot of work with that word because yeah. you're not suddenly watching the Care Bears. It's still a guy who's really going to mess you I up. I know
0: our threshold is really high for this stuff, but like, do, have you ever not seen a movie with your parents because there's sex in it?
1: Never. Never. I mean, we've, we have watched all kinds of movies. Yeah. Together. We just don't. The only thing. If it's something we really want to see, we see it together. The only thing I
0: have to keep an eye out for is my mom doesn't do great with, like, extreme violence. She can do, like, some violence, but she'll ask me, like, is it violent? Like, <laughs> if we're going to watch a movie. And, like, she'll even watch it and I just tell her when to, like, cover her eyes. <laughs> but, like. We've never not seen a movie because they're sad. And I just like, listen, to each their own. I won't judge you. But sometimes I just want to be like, grow up. Like, how old are you?
1: I know. These are things I don't understand. But again, people. I shouldn't judge. When I was in Costa Rica, I heard, you know, we heard this 21-year-old that I was on vacation with talking about how she had heard about the lobster on TikTok. And seen a clip of it, but not watched it. And she was really interested. And my sister said, "Well, you should watch the movie." And she said, "Oh, I think the whole thing is up on TikTok. It it's like thirty. It There's like thirty some of them. I can watch yeah. it. I thought, why don't why don't you just watch it like a movie? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I
0: I I just watched. Um, I had never seen the Sully movie." And it's on TikTok in parts. And I watched Sully on TikTok. Because it just kept feeding me other parts. And it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, girl, I guess. So that's how I watched Sully. (laughs) And like, honestly, I just wanted to see the crash scene scene as everybody did when they saw that movie and it's done really well. And Tom Hanks is really good in it. And, but yeah, I, I w- here's the thing though. I was never going to watch Sully and now I've seen Sully cause TikTok fed it to me.
1: <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, there is this element of, okay, well, yes. Uh, well, uh, so if some people are just not going to watch the movie. We have to accept that. Some people are very, just don't want to watch things. The idea that not watching, like, watching sex scenes is a problem. I don't know. You're right, though, because, like,
0: we we have to accept that not everybody is into film as we are. And if you have to choose between someone never seeing The Lobster or watching The Lobster on TikTok, is it my preferred platform to watch a film by Yorgos? No. I would say just go watch the film, uh, either at home or, well, I guess that's the only option now you would have to watch it at home, but I would much rather you see it. Right. So I try not to be a film snob in that respect where it's like, see it, let's meet people wherever we can. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but also don't, I hate this Netflix shit of, we're not going to put movies in the theater because our viewers want to see it at home because that's what we're about like i still respect the the theatrical experience enough where i'm like i want to preserve this thing that is very important i think to our culture but at the same time i do think we should meet people where they're at because there's all kinds of budgetary restraints there's accessibility issues maybe you can't get to a theater you know so i don't want to be so elitist that i keep movies from people you know Mm -hmm. um but at the same time to think of watching the lobster in parts on TikTok like breaks my heart a little bit
1: (laughs) yeah there's not we're not talking about a movie that requires a large screen we're not it's not a Denny Villeneuve situation where you're like oh I've got to go to see Dune on the biggest screen possible Mm -hmm. right hell even fucking Top Gun Maverick great movie. It was better yeah. on a big screen. Watch it on a plane because as, as
0: Maverick would have wanted me to. <laughs> I was in the air watching Top Gun. That's how he wanted me to see it. I felt it in my heart. I really liked it. I saw it on yeah. an itty bitty little screen and I loved
1: it. And you know what? That's okay. Because honestly, I've watched so many blockbusters on planes. It's ridiculous. But there are, you know, you think, okay, yeah. Sometimes, like, uh, 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 they think about all of the arguments, and I just think, oh, it's just still so sad. Like, it should just be easier for people to go to the movies. Part of the reason why this has all happened is because it's become so obnoxious and kind of unpleasant to go to a theater. It's just too expensive,
0: uh, and there's fewer and fewer theaters, and it's prohibitive now where it's like if you have a couple kids and you and your spouse want to go to the movies you're going to drop like a hundred bucks and then you've got to get snacks and food while you're there so like it's just not realistic for a lot of families you know and I get that so that's why I'm kind of like see movies however you can but also please please save this experience because like we're sort of, you know, seeing it rekindle right now with Dune where it's like when you're in that packed theater with hardcore fans, like there's nothing like that. There's just nothing. And if we lose that, it's like, uh, we already have a lot of issues in our culture with isolation and people being lonely. And if we lose that, I'm like, that feels like we lost something really base in like the human experience, you know?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, And I'm constantly furious about it. Then again, you know, movies are finally getting here after you saw them like three months ago. Uh, So I'm finally feeling better. So like I'm going to see Zone of Interest later. Thrilled for
0: you. That's going to be a great I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. You have to text me. Um, So speaking of of the Zone of Interest and other uh, Academy Award winning films or nominated, actress in a supporting role... Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer. She got in there, guys. She did it. Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple. America Ferrara for Barbie. Jodie Foster for Niad, And Devine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. It seems pretty solid that Devine's going to take it for The Holdovers. I'm thrilled. That's my favorite performance of that film. Uh, She's Devine's such an incredibly... Funny, charming human being. She's been absolutely killing it on the press circuit promoting the holdovers. If you haven't seen her, seen her on uh, Graham Norton, go to TikTok. Oh. Treat yourself. She's so fucking funny, and she's like one of the best storytellers we have.
1: She's amazing. I watched that whole episode. The everything she says in that whole so episode good. is fantastic. She's so funny, and and she gives a great performance. She's great. And, yeah. Let's just made me cry. Let's just normalize setting aside a nomination every year for somebody who went to the Yale School of Drama. (laughs) Yeah, let's just get (laughs) get it out of the way getting enough attention. Let's just
0: get it out of the way, because, like, you know, they're going to be great. Uh, Yeah. No, she made me cry in a film that I was like pretty underwhelmed by. She's that good. So uh, it seems very like almost set in stone that she's going to take it. I was shocked to see America Ferrara. Uh, I really, really like American Ferrara. I think she's a great actress. That performance, like okay, if I have a note about
1: it's just for the it's just for her monologue. I know,
0: which is overwritten. Okay. It's overwritten. Greta always has one monologue that is very overwritten. That's her overwritten mo- monologue for Barbie uh, you know, very millennial feminism uh, on the screen. again, a read with love because I really liked Barbie. I love Greta. I love America. I gotta be honest with you. I thought America Ferreira's performance in dumb money was better than Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like, and I, I really liked dumb money, but I thought she was the, the character was more interesting to me. I thought she was better. This is an odd, odd nomination. This was the one that when I heard it, I was like, what? Like that really felt strange, especially because, uh, Margot got iced out, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, it's very odd that they decided to m- make that the place where they were like, well, I guess we can drop, a, a, you know, some recognition here. Um, am I excited that... She got Facetimed simultaneously by the sister that was of the cute. pants. Yeah. Very cute. That makes me happy. Like-
0: Don't get me wrong; I really like her, and I. It's one of those nominations where I'm like, "Am I going to get mad that the Academy is recognizing a good actress? No. Like, is it my favorite performance of hers? No. But it was just because it got swept up in the politics of the whole Barbie thing. The nomination was like even more glaring, and I felt really bad for America because. In the wake of this. Suddenly she had to do
1: all of the work of like putting out a statement. Well, Ryan
0: had to do it too. And they both had to do it. I understand they had to do it, but it sucks. It's like, this is a really exciting moment for them. And I know Ryan has like consistently been like kind of doing his shtick where he's like, I can't believe I'm here. But I like, I think he almost has to do that because it's like, it is so strange that in this film about patriarchy and dudes, overshadowing women like it's happening like it's actually like playing out in real life as it always does so like I feel bad for them though because they can't even enjoy this moment they have to be like here's my statement about how I know it's fucked what they did to Greta and Margot." and I'm like I'm so sorry I'm here you guys like just everybody shut the fuck up and let them be happy you know you know let's
1: just let them just enjoy it although Ryan is doing fine this isn't even his first Oscar yeah, nominations yeah. you know he's he's but yeah talk about missing the point of the entire fucking movie. I know he's he's
0: another one he's gonna win when he's like 50 you know so it's kind of like all right we just have to here's Ryan again you know like you're just kind of a seat filler for a while um yeah but let's skip down to for the sake of time uh, best director. Because this was another category. Everybody made me very mad with their response. So we have um, Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall. Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. Chris Nolan, Oppenheimer. Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things. And Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Um, God, this is like a murderer's row of directors. Um, I got very annoyed because the conversation, the discourse immediately became... The Greta snub, quote unquote, as if Justine Trier is not in this category. And uh, people were like, ah, the sexism of the Academy. And it's like, okay, you're right. Women are consistently underrepresented at the Academy. But Justine got nominated. And that is like cause for celebration, especially because she has been getting a lot of blowback from conservatives in France because she made a political statement against the administration in one of her acceptance speeches and the French body, the equivalent of the Academy Awards punished her and uh, nominated, was it the taste of things Um, over anatomy of a fall for best international film. So they were like trying to punish her for being political. And so it should be this moment of like celebration. It's a, a female director who was, you know, being censored by her motherland for being uh, against the neoliberals in France.
1: For being too mean to poor Emmanuel. Poor
0: Emmanuel. Uh, But instead, the discourse became like, Greta's not there. And it's like, okay, guys, it's fine you're annoyed, but, like, don't erase another female director because your bummed Barbie is underrepresented.
1: Right, like... Greta's going to make another movie and it's going to get nominated. Like it is only a matter of time. Yeah, She's just going to win. Also, she's
0: fine. She's so rich. She knows this. she's so privileged. My God, she's and so she was successful. All of these things
1: before she got snubbed for Barbie. This yes. is she did. And everybody will re- like can recognize that she pulled off an incredible feat. Let's just be excited for Justine Trier because she made a weird Movie about a very off putting character yeah. that that fucking rules. Some of my favorite, <laughs> yeah, you know, like who I kind of want to yeah, be.
0: Say, <laughs> including the murdering of the husband, let's be real.
1: Uh, oh my God. <laughs> if, if I had a husband who passive aggressively played a steel drum version of P.I.M.P., go. I would also murder him. <laughs> I saw
0: this movie by myself, and as soon as he started playing that song, I said out loud, he's got to go. <laughs> he's gotta go you don't do that she's doing an interview kill him uh meredith and i are going to a wedding soon and we were trying to coordinate what our looks should be and we've settled on a widow who definitely killed her husband so well, let's just call it the anatomy of a fall look
1: <laughs> yes we are doing classy anatomy of a fall. anatomy of a fall but make it cunt That's the look.
0: Yeah. Um, So I think this is solidly Christopher Nolan's. He's probably going to take it. It seems like the right moment, the right film. The industry loves him. Audiences love him. Feels like his moment. Again, I will be surprised if somebody takes it from him. If anybody's going to sneak in there, probably Marty. Uh, Yeah. yeah. But it's... Although I think...
1: It just, as much as Killers of the Flower Moon is, you know, in my absolute top of last year, but it has not gotten the traction that I would have hoped for. No, and it's, I literally... people just take him for granted. Well, literally, what I think it
0: is, it's it's long. And like, I know that sucks, but I have friends who are really, really into film who, when I saw them, and I was really hyped, I was like... This is how big of a nerd I am. I'm like, did y'all see Killers of the Flower Moon yet? Almost to the letter everybody was like, "Oh, it's like 3 hours, right?" Like people if it's too long, they're just like, "No, I'll watch it when it's on streaming, but I'm not going to sit in a theater for 3, you know."
1: Yeah. Which is depressing. Which weird. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I was not bored in the slightest no. during the 3 and it and half hours. It didn't feel that long. Killers of the Flower yeah. Moon. Yeah. yeah. Didn't and All I did was carefully monitored my beverage intake uh, Look, that's... and I didn't even have to use, get up and go to the
0: bathroom. I know You can absolutely do it. I know it. bladders are all different sizes. If you have to get up to pee, it's okay. The people who are like annoyed that they have to get up to pee because the film is so long. I'm like, just go pee. Like, why are you, if you miss something, you miss something. But like the people who are like, we need to bring back intermissions. It's like, no, we don't. No, we don't. Just like,
1: well, I would say we do. It would be nice to bring back. I'm okay without them. I don't want to lose the momentum.
0: I'm like, I don't want Marty to put in a, like an intermission unless he wants to put in an intermission, you know? But I think like everything's very deliberate in a film like that. Every edit, every cut is building momentum and you want to chop it in half so you can go pee. Like get up and go pee. You're an adult, you know? Anyway, that's my spiel. Uh, Let's skip to best picture because there are so many and I just want to rattle them off real quick. I am really glad that they expanded this category because I think, you know, making it more diverse and inclusive is a good thing. So we got American fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, God, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. I support everything on this list other than Maestro. And I'm not a, he- like, again, I was very cool on the holdovers. I get why it's there though. Maestro, I'm a little like, okay, like, whew. I'm almost like, this is obviously because Spielberg is involved and people like Bradley Cooper. Cause apparently he's very good in a room, I guess. Um, but that's the only one where I'm like really rolling my eyes. Other than that, I'm going to be real with you. This is very strong. I think it's very yeah, strong. there's a, yeah.
1: l- there. they made some very, very good choices. We got, very lucky last year. It was an incredibly good year for movies. There was a wide range of, you know, stories being told, a lot of opportunities to see stuff that don't, that we don't normally see. And a lot of really big swings, which is just exciting in itself. And I'm, I'm glad for that. And, you know, Oppenheimer, I think is going to end up taking it unless there's... A shocking. Unless there's an upset, I think uh, an upset would be a poor things one.
0: Yeah, I and again, I could my favorite film.
1: (laughs) I would be shocked.
0: (laughs) Really, really happy that Past Lives and American Fiction got love here. Um, You know, I'm I'm thrilled for Cord Jefferson. I'm so excited to see what he does next. Um, And I'm so happy for the team with Past Lives because you know. They got—we can use the word "got snubbed" in the acting categories, um, and that was really disappointing. I know for a lot of people, uh,
1: but I mean, we didn't—we didn't necessarily think it was. We we're a little cooler yes. on it than a lot of people. But I really liked Greta, much, but like Greta. But it was a beautiful film. Uh, it's a yeah. beautiful
0: film, and if Greta had gotten in, even though I was a little cool on past lives, would have been happy to see her there because I think she's enormously talented. She's another actor, I'm sure, when she's, you know, 40, 50, she'll win for something, I hope. Um, But this is part of the reason I'm so glad they expanded this category, because if they hadn't, you know for sure we would not have past lives or American fiction in this category, and I think that would be a huge, huge loss.
1: Yeah, and I think there's, there's value in expanding this category in order to give the it's an honor just to be nominated award to to, to movies like this, because you, you need to recognize that it's just not, these movies aren't going to get seen if you don't add that level of attention to them. And let's just encourage that. Also, these things are made up. Like, we follow it like it's the Super Bowl, but this is all arbitrary (laughs) bullshit. What are you talking about? Of course we can make the categories bigger just so that we can get a few more movies in there. Like,
0: oh, no. I think I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask it again. Would you also support them expanding the acting categories to 10 nominations? No. I would.
1: You would? Interesting. Because I
0: do. It's the same issue. We're, we're like losing a lot. Like we, if they expanded to 10, we get Greta Lee.
1: Yeah. But it does become really unwieldy. Like that's okay. So this is my point.
0: It's like, they keep trying to make this thing more efficient. And I'm like, why? This is an event for film nerds. And by the way, all of the years you've tried to make the Academy Award, the Oscars more streamlined, more efficient, your viewership has gone down. So it's not even working right? What you're doing. Why don't we just embrace the fact that this is the Super Bowl for film nerds, make everything longer, make the categories bigger, put clips back in all day event. I'm a hundred percent serious. Sell more advertising space. Fuck it. We're all in. We've never been more back.
1: (laughs) And just like, let's just torture everyone who's actually, it's not torture though. It's not torture. It's like, here's
0: the thing. Okay. We don't like to sit there that long for that. fucking get up, walk around, go out to the bar, get a cocktail, come back. We'll have a seat filler in your place. Like, I'm sorry. The like the whole wah, wah, it's too long. You make you're a fabulously wealthy actor. Most of you, some of you are not, but like, OK, like it's a long day at work. OK, yeah, fine. If you don't want to go, don't go. But the people who want to yeah. be there, it's like, OK, like let's just make it longer Like, fuck it. People still complain about it being bored and you've stripped everything out that you could strip out for parts, you know? So, like, why even have a fucking award ceremony at this point if you're also fucking bored, you know?
1: Oh, you're making this argument that is very compelling (laughs) to me, but at the same time, I don't want to put up with all of that. Like, I just want some of the What are you doing? You're watching it from home. Like, you could just, like, put it on in the (laughs) background. It doesn't affect you in any way. (laughs) I know and it would be really fun it would be hilarious to watch them have to get up at 6 a.m immediately get into their glam Love squad it. and then show up someplace at 10 a.m and just be there for 12 With hours like like, that would be yeah yeah fuck it this is your yeah job. everybody just rolls in yeah oh uh, that would make the red carpet pretty so ridiculous.
0: fun so and imagine how oh drunk they God. would get however like how drunk everybody would get at they were because you're like six hours like you're just drinking the whole time like it'd be great oh
1: and they everybody would be smoking inside Yeah, like suddenly in the you just see everybody with their jewel pods and it would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, okay.
0: Let's talk about, uh, Nyad because this, I think surprised a lot of people that Annette Benning and Jodie Foster got in with nominations. And I have seen Nyad now with my little eyes and, uh, it's not good everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, um, I think like a two, two and a half star film, I would say. It's it's by the people who did... Um, what the hell was that movie about? The free climbing couple? Free, free solo. solo. Thank you. So it's by the directors of that film. And I, I have never seen that. I haven't seen that film. I heard it's great. Um, but sort of predictably where
1: oh sorry i'm being uh attacked by a drone strike right now i'm currently being abducted can everybody just hold on a second (laughs) i
0: will resume podcasting when i am on the alien spaceship uh okay i think it's it's passed over um
1: yeah so sorry guys living near a place that has fighter jets is sometimes.
0: Really I did think about you in this latest season of Vanderpump Rules with James and Allie's new apartment directly by the airport. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, They so constantly terrifying. have to hold for another plane and like the the film crew's so shady that they just like are filming the plane like flying overhead.
1: <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Um, but yes, now back to Nyad.
0: So predictably because it's by the couple who made Free Solo, the action in Nyad is well done. And I'll say it's a very impressive physical performance by Annette Benning because, you know, the whole story of uh, Diana Nyad is that she's at the age of 60 when she decides to uh, try to break this record of swimming from Cuba to Florida without a, a shark cage because there had been a record with some fucking pussy in a shark cage because you don't want to get eaten by a shark. And Diana Nyad was like, all right, step aside. I'm doing it without a fucking cage. And it took her many, many, many tries. And that's what the film is about. Like she almost died several times from a myriad (laughs) of of terrible shit that happened to her trying this. She eventually does it. Sorry, everybody, spoiler. Um, But it's like a very, you could tell it was a grueling um, process filming this for Annette, I'm sure, because she is not a spring chicken. So I do have to give it up for her, for that reason. And I did enjoy watching Jodie Foster and Annette Benning as this like bickering former couple who are now friends. And then they become like a, like a coach and like athlete type relationship that was enjoyable. Other than that though, guys, um, it's not well-written. It's very clunky. Uh, it drags, uh, it's, it's not very well crafted in my opinion. So, uh, I would not recommend it.
1: Which is kind of unfortunate because I do think that I'm, I'm certainly aging into the movies that are clearly made for middle-aged women, <laughs> where, <laughs> which like, let's be real. I've been in that category since I was about 12. But how would you define um, that? Cause that's not how I would classify your taste. So like,
0: what's an example of that, do you think?
1: Um, I mean, anything that has a lot of female interiority, like, whenever I saw A Passage to India, like, if, if, like, Judy Davis is in it, especially (laughs) once she's over, like, 50, I've, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, so we, but movies that are interested in women's stories after they're fuckable, like, Right. And I think Annette Benning's done a lot of movies kind of in that space. I think that's actually, uh, which is fascinating. That's a
0: line in Nyad where they're talking about sex and Jodi says something like, you're, you're not having sex anymore. You're not interested in sex anymore. And she's sort of like, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which was very funny. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and honestly, like I couldn't, I can't blame Diane Nyad. I'd probably rather swim than fuck if I'm 60. Um, <laughs> Who am I kidding? That's I was awesome. gonna say, like, <laughs> again, you were
0: describing a woman I do not know. I'm like, Meredith, I like don't think that's you. <laughs> no, it's true. I would
1: have like several, several younger valets yeah, that attend to yeah. my needs. We know that's that's the case, but I am interested in these stories, and I think it's like, it's also hilarious. Somebody pointed out that Jodie Foster gets nominated for an Oscar like two weeks after. Uh, True Detective. I know, the comes on the Jodie and It's like yeah. the same. Yeah, but that that same thing happened in the first season, right? Where people Matthew. were like, "Oh yeah, Matthew McConaughey." Like he's kind of what's he been doing? Oh, he's doing television now. And then, like two weeks, literally two weeks after the first episode, nominated for Dallas Buyers Club. So it's kind of funny that we're getting, you know, it's like, "Oh yeah, True Detective. We're back." Where
0: was Interstellar and in all of that? Oh God! Because I, I felt like that happened kind of at the same. Because I remember seeing Interstellar and I was like, "God damn, is he a, an amazing actor?" And then, then Dallas Dallas
1: Buyers Club. Uh, Interstellar is twenty fourteen. Um, and Dallas Buyers Club is, yes, I'm just full on looking up. That's fine. That was 2013, so it was the year before Interstellar. Oh, so he like
0: really built that momentum into Interstellar. God. Yeah, he
1: did Dallas Buyers Club and Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, God. And then True Detective in 2014 and Interstellar was the same That's
0: a crazy run. Yeah,
1: dude had a fantastic Early 2010s. yeah. God damn.
0: <laughs> uh, so we're running out of time. So real quick, I wanted to, ah, I don't want to rush these. Uh, maybe I'll just wreck them real fast and then talk about them more in depth next episode. But anyway, guys, I highly, highly recommend Origin, Fallen Leaves, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the TV series. Um I guess I'll just, like, steer clear of spoilers, but I am shocked that Isabel Wilkerson didn't get more buzz, uh, or I'm sorry, that's the character's name, Um, Anjani Ellis-Taylor didn't get more buzz for her portrayal of Isabel Wilkerson in Origin. I think it's an incredible performance. I think what may have happened is, all love and respect to Ava DuVernay, but Origin does feel a bit like a video essay um, because if you've ever read the book, it's based on caste. Um, It's a fascinating book about the caste system and how slavery and racism in the United States mirrors the caste system, although there are obviously important distinctions, but it's an exploration of how caste is like the source of evil in the world. Um, and it's a beautiful film. It's really well done. Anytime it does sort of stray into that video essay territory, I feel like on really like a gut punch of a performance. Like she is just so gifted and amazing in this film. So if you could see it, I highly, highly recommend seeing it. Speaking of, uh, provocative films about women who were like, quote unquote, past their prime, uh, I think Origin definitely fits in that category. And then Fallen Leaves is a uh, a Finnish film,
1: I think. It's Finnish, yeah. yeah.
0: By uh Aki Karamaki. Chris Maki. Sorry, anytime I have to pronounce uh Finnish names, it's a bad thing. Um a really, really sweet, funny love story. This film is like barely over an hour long it is like stealthily beautiful to look at the colors are gorgeous the music absolutely rips i fucking love this movie so if you're able to see fallen leaves please check it out
1: yeah aki kozumaki is a fascinating director has made several movies that just have completely slapped Let's just say it the dumb way. And I don't think I've ever seen I'm, any of by him. Oh, my God. You have to look up the rest of his, his I stuff. I was looking at his, it on a letterbox. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, just great. Very much like um, you'll just love everything about it. But, yeah, there's something so... I'm, I'm really excited for Fallen Lee. I'm so excited for you to watch so it
0: and I want you to text me while you're watching it. But uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'm shocked, guys, by how much I like this. It's eight episodes, I believe, on Amazon uh, starring Donald Glover, Maya uh, Ersk- Erskine, uh, who you will remember from Pen15 or or not and be shocked that it's the same actor. <laughs> it's like she is very different in this. Uh, and a myriad of supporting actors. Every episode is another incredible cameo that I won't spoil for anyone because I'm so glad I didn't know these other actors were in it. Don't look at the IMDb page. Just be surprised. Um, I love this series and I don't think you need to do the weird thing where like there are these wars happening on Twitter between the fans of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the movie And fans of the series, both directions, where the movie fans are like, the series isn't sexy, blah, 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 blah. And the series people being like, the movie is stupid. And it's like, they can both be awesome in their own way, you know? Personally, I think the TV series is also sexy in a different way. But, you know, obviously Donald Glover and Maya uh, Erskine are not Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. They're not fucking in two thousand five.
1: Yeah, the, the, the hottest <laughs> no. they've ever been. The hottest
0: those two hot people have ever been. They're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be more realistic spies. Because guess what, guys? If Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie walked into your banquet, you would be like, "Those are spies, a hundred percent. They're spies. They're the two most beautiful people I've ever seen." Donald Glover and uh, Maya Ersk- Erskine are supposed to be actual spies. So you're not supposed to. They're not supposed to pull focus when they walk into a room. You know. Um. <laughs> If you had told me that I would fully cry at the end of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the TV series, I would have been like, you lying. But I did because I really cared about the characters and they give lovely performances. I am once again reminded that Donald Glover is such a fucking brilliant physical comedian and he doesn't get to show it a lot. But he's also a great actor. Like, you know, he's got chops. And uh, Maya is amazing as well. Every episode... You're going to love these cameos. I'm so excited for you to all see it. You should all watch it.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I need something that's very, well, I've been watching a lot of spy stuff, so I'm excited for it. I'll, you know, get there. It'll be great once I've, maybe I'll even start it when I get home from Zone of Interest and need to decompress. Yeah. Once I've stared into the abyss for a while, just like a black television (laughs) turned off, then I'll turn it on and I'll watch
0: Mr. Mr. Oh, small, small thing. I should tell everybody about zone of interest. The beginning of zone of interest starts with a black screen and just audio for a very long time. And the only reason I'm telling everybody this is it's not a spoiler in any way, but I've heard about a lot of showings where someone gets up to go complain that the projector isn't on. Every showing I've like heard that this is an issue or like people start to like start to murmur amongst themselves because they get you know people get worried when something isn't behaving as it traditionally does like a movie starts we're supposed to see an image people panic when that doesn't happen so just a heads up to anybody who sees it in the theater your projectors on everything's fine.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to being completely destroyed by this You stuff. will
0: be. I can't wait to hear your review. Guys, that's it. We're, we're done. No more episode. Uh, please follow Meredith and I on the socials. Please follow Light Trees and News on Instagram and uh, elsewhere. Nope, just Instagram. And uh, we're both on Blue Sky and Letterboxd if you want to follow us there. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.